Hello, and welcome to Chosen by Committee, the podcast where myself, Josh Heron, Christopher Munden, and John Rosenberg read through every Pulitzer Prize winning play since 1918, so you don't have to, or so you will read along and join us. Like I said, my name is Josh Heron. I am a elementary school teacher and a theater critic. Um, and I am joined by the uh, shirtless tits out, John Rosenberg. My parents definitely fucked to that song. And um, the uh, ever charming Christopher Munden. Hello, sir. I was re-editing last week's episode and I called you a sex pest. So. Um, maybe certified, uh, I think not sex pest, um, Christopher Munden. <laughs> you called him a sex pest? Yeah, last episode. I hope you edited that out. No, I, I kept it in. Uh, but I just said you're not. Um, <laughs> but there's no reason to say I'm not. That's a point. Like, what? As in, it doesn't even have to be mentioned because it's so self-evident right. that I'm it's not. Like oh, saying yeah. that, okay, okay, it's okay. like saying that Chris was never you know, convicted of murder. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean... Um, <laughs> all right. Um... Today we are. Oh, I've missed you guys. Today we are reading 1978's The Gin Game by D.L. Coburn. I think we might all be agreement on this one, and that would be sort of fun. It hasn't happened in a while that we all, all agree, but John might be. Might be I'm no. Um. So who should I, can I do this? Sure. Um, The play is about two people near death at at a retirement home or a nursing home um, who play gin, who play cards. And I guess sometimes discuss their lives. And uh, there's like an old guy, Heller, Weller, Weller. And Foncia, um, and Foncia is new to gin, maybe. And uh, Weller like teaches her, but she keeps winning, and he doesn't like it. And and that's about it. Hmm. Am, I, am I missing anything? I think you're missing some things. Oh God, you liked it, didn't? This is never mind. I thought we were gonna like all dunk on this play. No, right. this, place, this place fantastic. I fucking knew it. Oh, I wouldn't go that far, but I, I was definitely rooting for this play. Um, I wanted it to be better than it was, but I, I thought it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good, and at least tried. Um, I think you miss. My cat's crying. Do you hear that? Yeah, because he thinks he's bad taste in plays. Cat doesn't agree that. Cat doesn't know that. Um, What was I saying? Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I think an important part is uh, Weller's reaction when he loses. He gets very angry, kind of... um, um, out of proportions angry about it and um, a 
the way they deal with um, that aftermath. I think like um, the fact that it's a game, you know, he's it's obviously there's a lot there's a lot of like metaphor in there. I think metaphor for um, for growing old for like. I was saying in our text messages before the game, some of like the terrible um, marketing copy that has surely been written about this of like playing the hand that you are dealt or um, uh, um, you know shuffling the pack. I don't know, um, but I think I think that's intentional and and it is there like. Um, I don't know. John, you say. Um, I mean, I think what I liked about the play is I I think like the gin game has always existed in my mind as like a, a play that I heard about. And I assumed it was like a I thought it was like a Neil Simon play. Do you know what I mean? I thought it was kind of like when I started to read it, I was like, oh, I think I know which way this is gonna go. Like they're gonna like start fancying each other and like uh and like like each other and then one of them's gonna fucking die or some shit like that but i think i was surprised by how violent and like bleak the play is um and like it's all kept within that i thought the structure it's like it's written really well to me it's written really well i dig what you're saying about like the metaphor shit it's there but i don't think you have to take it you know i think like the way they interact with each other is like they, in showing like the way they interact over a card game when they're in the seventies, he's showing who these people are across their lives in a oh, really absolutely. Yeah. interesting way. And I think what's very interesting about it is that like they both have like the bad shit happened earlier in their life, and clearly the man was abusive probably to his wife and family. And it's like interesting that it's interesting how patterns are in your life and you kind of still seek out the same type of people and i think uh i think that was interesting yeah, but, you say um, it happened in their lives i would say like you're seeing the way they they like um um they like pushed away those people who were close to them earlier on in their lives him through the violence and and her um you know forget just like her harshness, her like lack of empathy towards him, like that is that is something that she's lost her son to it. She uh, um, she's lost her husband to it. So I think, yeah, what I liked is is yeah, the way like you really got in a feel for these people's the way they've been the whole lives from from just these small from yeah, just playing cards really. Joshua? I don't know if I buy it. Um, like, I just find it, I found the dialogue to be um, uh, sort of stilted. Um, yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, I, I say all these things, but it was, I was like, I was like, this is close to being like really good. I think there's a good play in here. Right. Like I think that the concept is sort of interesting. I feel like it's both like 
underwritten in some parts and overwritten in some parts. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just can't imagine sitting through this play. Like, yeah. I think I would, I think I would, I would kill myself. Kill yourself. That's, that's really <laughs> You'd kill yourself? Like, I, th- it seems so boring. Yeah, and I mean, it's hard because it's definitely, this is a, like a high wire act play. You know what I mean? I'm sure there's been a lot of very bad versions of this. And um, cause I actually, I listened to the Hume Crone, Jessica Tandy version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really fucking good. Oh, it, you, like there's like an audio recording. Yeah. Of it? There's, an, there's an audio recording of it and I listened to it and it's just, I wonder if that, I think what, I wonder if like hearing it, like, hearing it acted you written like this week you listen to it yeah, yeah, yeah i wonder if that like helps it it might but i think i think what i was surprised by was just the level of violence in the play mm. that like i really thought it was i really thought it was going to be something else and i dig i dig what you're saying that like it's overwritten in parts where like there's like clues to stuff that are later than kind of like pounded home you know what i mean where like she mentions that her son lives in Denver and he really goes after her about it. I don't know if, I don't know if that's what you mean by overwritten. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that there's like, like, I also, like, I think it's that. I think there's some stuff with the, like, it's like, it's so like, you're going to win this hand of gin. I don't want you to win this hand of gin. You're going to win this hand of gin. Oh, you win this hand of gin. I'm mad. Um, yeah, it's it's funny to me because like I I guess I experienced it a different way, you know what I mean? And I think like it's funny that like um I always imagine there's a play that I've never written and I probably never will that takes place during a card game and the play the plot of it is dependent on who wins each hand. So like depending on whatever like the play could go different ways, right? Like whatever happens on stage but I think there's something interesting that she wins every single fucking hand. Um, and there is something, there is something extreme and almost like cartoonish yeah. about like his reactions. But the, the scary thing is sort of cartoonish. Was that like, it just like, I it just, it's like, it's like, I think that's like it like feels like there's like this magical realist element to it. Maybe I just don't, like I feel like I don't know. I felt that fa- anger very like realistic and like oh I mean I think what's the but what's scary is unrealistic. The scary thing to me is like there's a consequence to his anger, which I was surprised by. You know what I mean? I thought it was gonna be you got upset with me and I'm kind of sweet on you fella. And why don't we listen to like little Brown jug and jerk each other off. But it was more like she like told the administration that he was really angry and that like, you know, it could lead to the possibility of him getting sent to like another home. And like, I think I was surprised by like the bleakness of the play and like the violence and like what they took out on each other. Um, and like, yeah, there, there's something interesting about the death of the male ego in this play too, that I thought was interesting. Um, and she's definitely of like just a different fucking time too, which I think it's, 
yeah the this play this play definitely worked for me i liked it and i like that that it turned out the way it did even though you know like at the end when she gets really upset and like there's a fucking storm and all that shit like then it's like the set design gets to like do their thing but like um i didn't i didn't feel like it was that overwritten and i i dig what you're saying but this this thing could be like ground zero of like an overwritten fucking play um but it's interesting that they both just attack each other for their shortcomings in life you know what i mean like she talks shit about him as a businessman and like, yeah. They really have it out. It's great. Um, and yeah, his, I, you, I guess you do see like, like that male anger on stage. But I thought, I mean, I thought this was an interesting way of doing it, having it be like an old frail guy. Yeah, and he is violent kind of- towards her. I guess it's I didn't kind of like, nice at the beginning, and then like, yeah, just like so angry, so violent, and like, oh, I, mean, I, would, I didn't yeah. read that. I didn't. I didn't read it that way. Yeah. How did you read that? Like, I, it like read to me like he lost his cool. Mm, no, yeah, he loses his cool, but he. It keeps happening though. He is an angry, he has that anger in him, and I can, I feel it, and like, yeah. Yeah, it's funny, because it's charming at first, you know what I mean? Because, and and I think, like, it didn't, I think you kind of talk, you didn't, or for me, at least, you touched upon the construction of the play, which is interesting, you know what I mean? It starts with, like, the guy, charming guy, like, I want to teach you how to play this game, and she's like, oh, okay, blah, 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 you know what I mean? And it's like, and then there's like a reversal there and you think it's funny because you're like, wow, she keeps winning and it turns out she's really good at it. Um, and then oh, yeah, his reaction to her being very good at the game is very, <laughs> is very violent. And it's like, yeah, it's. Um, maybe as a, I, sore, I, maybe as a, as a famously sore loser, I'm like, I don't see what's so wrong about this. <laughs> but i i just feel like the construction of it's good too because it's like they play the game they basically don't talk for a week and then they revisit you know what i mean yeah it's not like it's not like the game happens the next scene it's like i can't believe you know we walked and listened to moonlight serenade i hadn't heard that song since the war you know it was like Mm -hmm. their relationship was purely based on the game um they saw each other some in between, or they had played some too. Yeah, but there, I, I, I feel like between the first and second scene, they just didn't talk for that week because she was pissed at him for like flipping out on her or whatever. Was that um, the first scene? Isn't, that was, isn't the, the, first that was the second scene? scene yeah. What's that between the second and third scene? Yeah, I think between the first and second scene, they did see each other some. Yeah, may, yeah, I forget where it was, but like it's funny because I just kept expecting this play to go like like a Neil Simon play, where it's like, um, you know, like nostalgia and like we're still young or you know, like uh, we still got it, baby, and it just that just wasn't there at all, and I was really surprised by that. I feel like I maybe it's interesting. I wonder if I'd like it's how I read it. 
Because I feel like I read the anger for the most part as like flustered old dude. Like, oh. I did. I read yeah. it like him fucking when he was 50, like going absolutely insane on his wife. And like, that yeah, is something probably that have, like, haunted him his life and like haunted the people around him his life. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that definitely makes the play more interesting. It definitely is like a like a good directorial take and a good acting take. I mean, yeah, it is hard because I think like if you do read it as like right, if it's like flustered old man, then it's like Jesus Christ. Like it just kind of stays within that like oh, and it's like Jesus Christ was happening. I mean, I'm reading it. Like, like this is how I read it. This is, but it is it. fact, one is. Good God, Fosky. <laughs> I think push his table away. Like I think he's in my mind, he was just sort of like, oh no, I think it is at first like that. And that's what's great about it. Like he's annoyed at losing and, and you probably do relate as like a sore loser. Um, but then I mean, I would guess I've never seen a production of it, but I would guess it's like there's real anger there and I don't and believe you, let me see that. Uh, bullshit. Bullshit. Jesus Christ. Look at that. Flip the table over. She is scared, though. She is scared. Well, well it's funny, too. It's funny because I feel like you can't tell if it's real or not. You know what I mean? It's like, does she like it? Does she not? And it like, but it continues. And it like, and I think that's where it I becomes mean, dangerous. Now I feel bad because I definitely read this as like, not that. Not right. Like almost. Almost like as the Neil Simon play. I think I read that. Yeah. Um, I wonder if I heard. Like there, there was like a version of this with James Earl Jones and Cicely Tyson a few years ago. That's who I'm imagining. I think so. I've never. I didn't see that, but that's like the that's the image I have of this production of this play. Right. But I think I'm like imagining James Earl Go- Jones being sort of like, I'm oh, just like a foppish, like old. Yeah. or something i bet he can seriously tap into his anger I, oh it's terrifying this is like and right she would just like rip him apart in like in a very fragile yeah it's like i guess for me it's almost like uh there's to me there's like something about albie in this play that i kept thinking about mm. and that is like it's the same bleakness and the same type of like because, I mean, this play, there's no point to life. Like, your family will abandon you or, like, your behavior will drive every person you love away from you. Um, you're going to end up in a home. You're, like, on welfare. You're, like, your behavior is monitored. And if you don't act right, you're going to be sent to, like, a state institution or whatever. And it's just, like, it was just, like, a bleakness that was more... It was like a very American bleakness that, you know, I feel like we don't, you know, we don't really, I mean, I make jokes with my parents about putting them in an old folks home, you know, but like, there's something, there's like a brutality to this play that I wasn't expecting. Mm. Um, the loneliness. It's, yeah, it's good. Um, and uh, I, I forget about anger as like a partner in loneliness. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I always, I, I think sometimes I, I forget about anger and that loneliness is not just like nostalgia and memories and warmth and uh, 
like uh, madness of just like, oh, I thought my husband was still alive, but he died at Guadalcanal. Like, no, unhappiness, unhappiness can quickly drift into anger. Unhappy, anger at yourself and anger at others. Yeah, I just saw, I just saw like whatever patterns I have in my life are going to continue until the day I die of like how I treat people or like how I engage people or the people I seek out. It's going to fucking continue. Yeah, people don't change. Yeah, I think, I think that there is a bleakness to this play. Uh, this play definitely uh, believes that. And that's fucking scary. Why was I left a little unsatisfied with it, though? Yeah, I thought it had some really good things, but... Yeah, no, no, no. I I dig what you're saying. I I dig what you're saying that there's, like, something slightly unsatisfying about it. I don't know. I also don't think we get to know them. Like, I think that, like... Oh, I think we get to know them, don't you? I don't, but... But, see, I think... And I think that's the thing that I always find fascinating is you get to know them emotionally, who they are emotionally as people, which informs who they are as people more than like the stories that they tell or the lies that we all present about ourselves to other people. And it's like their their emotions betray whatever niceties they might. Um, in, in that regard, I could imagine a play like, I can imagine this play being performed with good actors being better than the play in my head, right? Yeah, like, yeah definitely. Like I, yeah, think there's, I, I think there is a lot for actors to interpret and like and flesh out. It's funny. Like, I actually, I think, could, I think, I think there, there's a tightrope, and there's only there's like there's not a lot of room for interpretation because I feel like that could fucking kill you. I, I mean, I think that, but like I'm saying is like I feel like I read the play in a very different tone than how you read the play. Yeah, and I don't think, and I think my, I don't, I don't think, I think mine is mostly backed up by, like, I think both of them are backed up by the text. I think uh, they're dependent on the choices actors make. Yeah. Um, I, I could say there's several interpretations that are going to be unsuccessful or will be not, but the interpretation I made in my head as I acted it out was not very good. <laughs> No, I mean, I don't see how you can see it as a flustered old man. All the indication is like he's getting red in the face. And then the the way that she reacts to that is is someone in the aftermath of anger. I think people people reacted to lots of different things in lots of different ways. Sure, sure. I think people like the. I definitely want to see this play performed with the two of you. And with Christopher as the woman and you as the man. Me being flustered. God yeah. damn it. Getting, getting really Jin. violent. I mean, he puts his hands on her at the end, you know? Jin! Jin! Yeah. Jin! God damn it, Jin! Um, Oleana, have you seen that? Read that? No. Mammoth. Um, that does a that is interesting about anger too. Um, yeah, in a similar way, like is that didn't win to it? No. No. Um, but uh Glengarry Glenn Gross did. 
Yeah, that doesn't have the same thing. Oleana, like, don't want to give it away, really, but yeah, I think the way that ends is just like bleak, bleak in its view of humanity in a, uh, and masculinity in a way that this is too. What would your dream production be? The two of you. Uh, I think I would want like um, an otherwise like likable actor. I don't know, like um, <laughs> who's a super likable actor? Who? Uh, Bill Cosby. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, I think I want it done at like an, I want it like done by amateurs at an old folks home. That would be good too, but you know, like I, I want like um, the hypocrisy of it, it being someone like like his yeah. his reputation was belied by his actions in a really like perfect way, exposing hypocrisy of humanity, and I think like. Um, that's what I like to see in this in this someone who who does have a charm and yet has that bleak underbelly and I think I mean I don't know her role I think that's probably a great role for an actor too Fonzia's know what I'd want from that oh she's she's so biting at times and yet sad and lonely herself. It's, yeah. Well, next week we read um, the first Sam Shepard play, I think, of two. Or maybe he was just nominated for more than... Yeah, I think he just won for... Did he win? Is it Buried Child? Yeah. Um, maybe he's nominated for True West and yeah I think um, he's been on for True West but he was nominated for it um, I'm really excited I saw this play last year and really liked it and I think I will enjoy reading it on the page yeah. have you seen it? Year, two years. what? have you seen it Chris? I've seen it a couple times yeah I liked it I like True West too um, it does feel of its time and of its place in an interesting way. So it'd be interesting to read it within the context of going year by year. Yeah. Mm. Um, especially as like I feel like it'll. It's like we've been in like these institutions. We've been in like I guess it was seascape. We've been with like older couples plus chorus line. Um, and I guess Fairy Child has some older couples in it too. Um. It? At the time, Sam Shepard, I think, was sort of like a young gun playwright. I feel like we've had, like, it's been sort of... Uh... Yeah. Do you know how old uh, Coburn was when he wrote um, Ching Dream? I don't. Let me see. Not a lot on him. 40. Yeah, that's old, but... Not really. <laughs> I mean, he was 
40 when this got produced. Yeah. Um, I was looking it up. I think that um, this came out the same year as this play Da, which really swept at the Tonys. Uh, Irish, so it wouldn't have been nominated. It was Irish. Yeah, I mean, we've had a few. There was one year, you know, the Pulitzer didn't give a prize pointedly. The year we had Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, which like swept the Tonys. And it was interesting that the Pulitzers were like, uh, I guess we're just not going to give a prize. Like, what can we say? Yeah. No one in the Oh, because Tom Stopper's not from America. Right. Got it. But like, it would be kind of silly to like, award another play in a way. Josh, do you know that Chris interviewed Tom Stoppard? No. Yeah, I'll send you the review. It's uh, in-depth, really get into uh, his motivations and yeah. Go look it up, Christopher Mundon, Tom Stoppard. Yeah. Is this a joke? It is a no, joke. No. I actually real. Did it view you? You said too much, man. You said too much. You fucking. Yeah, I did. I just, yeah. Um. All right. Um. I, also, I'm so excited. This week, I'm gonna go see uh, Oklahoma once more. Oh, and Friday, I saw. I a few days ago, I saw uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning musical Rent. Where'd you see that? Uh, at the Kimmel Center. It was on tour. Marion Theater. Oh wow. It's so stupid. I love that play so much, but it is dumb. Cannot wait to talk about it. And... <laughs> uh, Chris is going to like lose his mind. I'm going to make Chris recite. We're going to have to do a live reading of Love You Go M. It's really possible that Chris might love it. I the like days that. of inspiration, playing hooky, making something out of nothing. The need to express, to communicate, to go in against the grain. Go. I don't think I can. I don't think I'm gonna. Mad. I'm not gonna. I can't do that. I already love intention. No pension. No. More than one dimension to starving I'm for. I'm gonna read the Puccini. What? I'm just gonna read Puccini. No, we're gonna read that. We're gonna recite it. <laughs> I like uh, La Boheme. I saw that in, in London and it was really good. Well, this is just like that, but more modern. But worse. Oh my God, I'm just going to be doing this for the next like two months. Every week, just getting closer. Because everything is rent. That's the line. All right. Uh, wow, I've stunned you. Uh, say goodnight, folks. Good Take night. care, honey. You got me looking at that heaven in your eyes. I was chasing your direction. I was telling you no lies, and I was loving you. When Ooh. the words 